Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in this week. I am so excited to be bringing you today's episode because I had such a wonderful time recording this conversation with the incredibly talented and insightful Marion McGowan, who is today's guest. A producer in the film and television industry, Marion has worked on projects spanning across film, television, and documentary. Marion is also the founder of the independent Australian production company, McGowan Films, and most recently, she has worked as the executive producer on the critically acclaimed Hulu series, The Great, which I am personally such a big fan of. The Great is a satirical comedy drama starring Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt that tells the story of Catherine the Great and everything that ensues during her marriage to the Emperor of Russia. Now, today, Marion will be sharing details on the making of the show's third season, as well as sharing some of the advice she's picked up throughout her career in the industry. I am so thrilled for you to hear this conversation, so let's get into it. You know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Like I said, I am so thrilled to have you on, Marion. I think I had mentioned to you just a second ago, your approach, I've looked into a lot of your work um, as an EP, your production company, and I, I just think your approach with filmmaking and the whole process, I can't wait to get into it. Um, I want to <laughs> obviously start talking about The Great as well. Um, mm-hmm. I had been following the show since season one, really, and I just finished the third season, binged it all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I loved it. And so I, I'm very thrilled to chat about that as well. But if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, first of all, introducing yourself to um, those who may be unfamiliar with your work, but I'd love to dive into uh, your background with film and with producing, working as an EP. Um, you know, you started, I have it down here that you started your uh, production company, McGowan Films, um, which is an independent uh, Australian production company. You started that in 1989, you established it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just, like I said, introducing that. people to, um, you know, to your background and I guess just everything that went into starting a company of your own. Sure. Um, So I, uh, as you say, started the company in 1989. um, And the reason I started it was because I actually uh, did my undergraduate degree in the United Kingdom. So when I came down from university, I started working in television commercials in London, which were, uh, it was the only job I could get at the time. But actually, and it turned out to be a very effective job, because it was a way of learning lots of different ways of filmmaking, putting a lot of celluloid through the camera and just sort of learning the nuts and bolts and the industrial process in a sense of of the trade. I did that for about three years and and it's extremely well-paid television commercials. And I thought if I keep doing this, I'll just never do the things I, you know, do the projects that I want to do. So I left and uh, did a couple of independent things in London and then I decided that um, I needed to go home and sort of set myself up properly. 
you know, I'd been in the UK for nine years and I think it was just time to go back. So I went back to Australia and I set up a company which used, so what I did was I would facilitate foreign television commercials um, in Australia, mostly US, but some UK and some French. And what was good about that was that they're very compact, they pay very well, and they would mean you'd be very busy for a couple of months and then you'd have a lot of time to develop projects. So that's what I was using it as a way to, to, to finance things. And that went very well. So I financed my the development of my first feature film by doing that. Um, and Australia is like the UK, has a strong subsidy system, like Canada as well, uh, and New Zealand for that matter, um, which means that you we, we can secure some of the equity that we need to make our films um, through government organisations such as they were called, originally there was Film Australia and Film Finance Corporation and now it's called Screen Australia. So that's really how I started, and that went very well. We made a couple of films sort of with that method, and then I developed um, uh, something called the production book, which was a sort of, it's like a 411 mm -hmm. or the knowledge in the UK because uh, we didn't really have one that was sort of professionally set up. So I went into publishing, which is something I'll probably never do again. I, I realised I knew nothing about it. You know, I learned a lot. Um, and we did that for about five or six years and then we sold it, which was quite good. So I then, uh, so that was really sort of why I did it. And I did it because um, there isn't really, there isn't a studio system in Australia. It's an independent. If you make films in Australia, you make very independent films. Um, and they're quite small and they're quite low budget compared to, you know, compared to the US uh, or even to the UK for that matter. But you need a you need a sort of a, a structure to to house it in in a way to cash flow. Mm -hmm. So that's the crazy of it. Yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. And you know, I had mentioned to you before we we hopped into recording. Um, part of the reason I your story really resonated with me is because certain aspects of it I was very much able to relate to. Um, I feel like I've talked about it a few times on the podcast in the past, but uh, I back in 2021 I embarked on a master's degree in the UK um, in documentary filmmaking, no less. So um, it had been you know something to to jump into a, a foreign country and to start experimenting with, um, you know, really a field that is also so foreign to so many. Uh, it was quite the journey. Um, but then I think too, you know, hearing you talk about then going back to Australia working, I currently like I work in, um, in addition to my <laughs> multitude of media projects, I work in audio sales, because um, I really I find I think as I work in different sort of aspects of media, I really find, you know, the sales and business industry very um, engaging. And it, it's something mm -hmm. like as media continues to grow, so does uh, advertising and sales, right? So um, I very much, you know, understand your story on that level. Um, but then I, I want to bring up because you brought up the point of how the industry is different, right? In Australia, an independent um, as opposed to, like you said, the US market and even the UK market. Uh, I'd love to know, cause I had listened to, and, you know, previous, uh, interviews you've given talking about how that really, given the intricacies of the market, um, in Australia and how different it is from, like you said, the U S and the UK, um, you're very hands-on in the different, all sort of facets of production, whether it be, you know, pre post, what have you, um, how has that, because just 
watching sort of the great and how you've been involved with this show for three seasons now, how has sort of the market that you um, like grew up with in the industry, right? How has that sort of shaped your approach to, or shaped how involved you are when you're approaching a project? I think um, understanding the entire industrial process uh, is valuable because it means you understand what levers you can pull and what you can't. I mean, the other aspect of it is that by virtue of, you know, sort of developing, you know, initiating an idea, developing an idea, financing that, financing a film, producing it, and then managing the marketing. It's about managing people. So it's about getting getting a group of people to 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 help you together to achieve the same goal. I mean, I, I often describe um, producing as a bit like trying to push honey up a hill. You know, you could just never get all those little drips and you're always going, <laughs> something's always going to get underneath. And it, but it is the lesson you, the, the, the value of all of that is essentially learning how to manage people, how to listen to people, how to understand what they're saying, why they're saying it, what they need, what you need, how to get that whole team to move forward towards a goal. And I think that the hands-on stuff, which I don't do anymore, I don't um, do production anymore. Or, um, and, you know, with, with a show like The Great, it's financed by a studio, so I don't have to worry about that either. And whilst I'm always involved in the marketing and the decisions of that, it's also managed by another, by Hulu and and other people. So, but the value of having done it is understanding why and how um, and what you, and understanding what the, the right questions to ask, why to understand how, why, if you don't like something, how to get it changed or how to understand why it's the way it is and what is it they're responding to. So I think at the end of the day, it is, it's about the management of, of the people and the achieving the, the final goal, which has always been the same, which is to get that idea up on a screen mm -hmm. as close to your vision as possible. Right. And I, I think it's such a benefit, truly. I mean, maybe it goes without saying, but, um, you know, I, I think it's really a benefit to kind of dip your toes into all the different facets of of making a film. Um, so I, I just mentioned with my with my master's, uh, most people with a normal master's, they do a dissertation, we make a film. So I, I made a 35 minute documentary on motherhood. And with that, it's like, again, doing all the roles. And I love that sort of visual you just gave of like pushing honey up a hill because you're just overflowing at one point. I feel like filmmaking became my personality. People would, yeah. people would ask me like, oh, how are you? And it's like, well, the film is in like every. <laughs> That's a Every, good analogy. That's a good analogy. Yeah, everything just became about, you know, what I was doing with the filmmaking process. But as challenging as it could be at times and as maybe confusing or overwhelming, right? I, I think it's a really valuable process to kind of go through every single little thing. Um, because then ultimately, like when you so like you said, being involved as an EP, um, you're ultimately, you know, putting such a more well-rounded, well-rounded perspective into, you know, the making of that work. Um, and I, I think it's, I just really enjoyed hearing that kind of the difference. And because as an American and now living in the UK, I'm not that familiar with the sort of Australian filmmaking process, but I think it was really interesting to hear you kind of speak about that and, um, you know, and just see like the benefit that that's had on you and how it's sort of shaped your career. 
But I would I would love to sort of dive into uh, the great because I think um, within your career and the different you know the moves that you've made, um, I- I'd love to just sort of see how that sort of evolved your work with with being an EP on this show. I mean, the third season, it, it's it, I honestly couldn't even believe like it, it's been three seasons already. Um, I, it's probably because of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, the well, like, unfortunately, yeah, from my, from my point of view, I've been involved a lot longer than that. Um, Tony and I started working together when he was still at film school, mm-hmm. um, and we made a film together in the early two thousands. And this, The Great, was originally a play. Do you know the the history of this of the show? Yeah, yes. So that's we started working. We, I optioned it, and we started working on it as a as a film. So it's it's been a very, and I think part of the reason why uh, it, it's such a good creative experience is because of the longevity of our relationship and the amount of time we've spent together and the amount of meals we've eaten together, mm-hmm. glasses of wine we've enjoyed. Uh, it's I think a lot of it has to do with that, that it's just um, we've developed a number of projects other than this one that haven't come to fruition uh, so there's a there's a lot of familiarity with with our working practices and how and how we operate, but it is you're right in a sense. I mean, this was the first television show I'd ever done, um, so I didn't. I had was a learning curve for me as to what my how the job would work and what where my focus should be and how how it should be. So that's been a a good experience to learn, and it's it's a it's a great job. You know, it's a it's all the good bits, <laughs> right. sort of none of the really horrible bits. Um, actually, that's not quite true. I mean, it's always development is always hard, and editing is always hard. You know, you sort of it's when you when you're developing, it's everything it could possibly be, and when you're editing, it's what it, what you've actually shot. So you have to, to have to deal with that. But it's um, it's been a very engaging experience, and I have to say, it's it's got a lot to do with the fact that there's such a great team around us. You know, we have a great um, producing team and we've got a great heads of department and all of those, that team works extremely well together. So that makes it much, much more enjoyable and much more, you know, effective. Right. And I mean, what a, like a show to start out with it being your first yeah, I show. I mean... <laughs> Most people do a little half hour sitcom or something and they're nice. I decided to do this. Yeah. It was it's... big. Yeah, and it's such a fabulous show. I know in the intro for this episode, I gave a little like brief overview of it. Um, but I, before I get, even get into that, because I want to go back, you mentioned something before too about uh, you know there were other projects that you had had in development or talks of projects. What made this one stick? Was it the timing of it? Was do you think it was the subject matter or the story? I think I just couldn't give it up. I just couldn't give it up. It wasn't that, I mean, the other projects that I developed with Tony, it, it, it was more, I sort of, they, they. it's that thing of um, how do you adapt, because most of these are adapted from plays, how do you adapt a play to the screen? You know, that it, that's not always as straightforward a process as it seems to go from theatrical to cinematic. That's a partic- That can be a particularly difficult thing. And what can work on the stage narratively can be quite difficult to translate to the screen. And it's also the other big subject, of course, is in this question is, is it the right idea for the time? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you telling me this story and why are you telling me this story now? Is very much a sort of 
question you have to ask yourself constantly as a producer. Um, and in some of those situations is, I know why I'm telling the story. I don't know that it's the right time to tell the story. Mm-hmm. It's certainly one of the reasons why. This one was so much a story about female agency that it just seemed, it just kept being able to answer both those questions. You know, here you have a character, a female character who has a positive impact on the world around her. There aren't a lot of stories that enable you to have that kind of narrative Mm -hmm. and drama. Um, And, you know, I'd always enjoyed Tony's humour, so that that was a given. But I think it was that. It was the... And it's there's a lot, and the other thing about the great, which is true of you know many of his ideas, actually many of his stories, um, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of ideas in there. You, you know, yes, it's a story about a woman who has a positive impact on the world around her, but it's also a, a story about a young girl who marries the wrong man and has to make a decision about that. It's about a twenty-something girl growing up in a particular with, with a set of ideologies that may or may not survive the real world. So it then becomes a story about a marriage, you know, so you've got marriage and you've got all sorts of, there's all sorts of themes. There's also, you know, nothing more rich and exciting than a court, you know, where they're always coming to get you. It's exactly like politics, you know, particularly in Australia, you know, with Australia and the United Kingdom with prime ministers. I mean, Australia went through seven prime ministers in five years. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, it's, Britain's almost been as bad. So it's, um, well, maybe it was five prime ministers in seven years, something ridiculous anyway. (laughs) Um, And I think that idea is that you're never safe. There's someone always coming for you. That just gives you so much narrative conflict and drama to play with at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's rich material. Definitely. And I think, um, like like you just mentioned, the sort of social, political, these thematic elements combined with, like, the levity of, of comedy, um, it's such a wonderful pairing. And I mean, the, the cast as well is just, I mean, terrific. Uh, I think like Elle, Elle Fanning, I, we're the same age, I believe. So it's been really cool for me. I've watched her work since I, I was a kid, like films when she was a kid. And to see her kind of evolution as an actress has just been really like wonderful to watch. And the way she sort of just takes on the role of Catherine in this, it's it's really wonderful. And then Nicholas Holt as well. I had uh, seen him at a, a BAFTA screening in New York, like right before the pandemic or something for a movie he had done. And I think he's very versatile as well. And what he's able to do with comedy, it's, it's a really great pairing and just uh, the supporting cast as well. It, it's just a really, uh, it's a fun watch. But then like you said, there's this season alone, I don't want to really, I don't know, dive in too much because I don't want to spoil it for people. But um, I just think some of the things like you brought up with just womanhood. And I also think uh, when it comes to power and it, this season dives into sanity and sort of influence, the influence that, you know, people of power have on others, right? And I, I think all those are are really interesting too. And and the time that we're living in today, I feel like it's so easy to run into and to see the parallels of this as distant as it was in the future. You know, some of these uh, these thematic elements and these situations these characters find themselves in, I feel like you know you can still see some of that today. So I, I think too, what I'd love to ask with this being a period piece and um, like 
the loose, some of the, um, some of the plots being like loosely based on, uh, on reality. But then also I was like really interested to find that some things really did happen. I think it was like the roller coaster episode yep. of season two. I, I, I just thought that was so fun to, to find out that that actually had happened. Um, oh, go ahead. You look like you're, yeah, no, I was just going to say, we do anchor each season with a few truthful events, mm-hmm. you know, such as the roller coaster, such as the Nikaz, such as, you know, there's, there are various elements. Um, that don't deviate from from the past, um, yeah. from the truth. So it's it, we do try to anchor each season in in mm-hmm. an element like that. I mean, the other thing I'd say about it is that I think one of the other things that appeals to me about it as a character role is it's a female who's not always right and not always good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always you know we are you know it's it's that's a more interesting. Um, role for me than this idea that sort of beatifying women in some ways is 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 going to be helpful to the progress of 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 women and the gender i think the more real and the more flawed and the more you know ambiguous they are the more interesting it becomes mm-hmm. and i think that's what's interesting about season 3 i think is she she realizes that she may not be right and she may be failing and yes. you know, she may not have a destiny after all. And in fact, you know, she everything could just be a, a fabrication of her imagination in a sense. So mm-hmm. I think that's that also makes it interesting. Right. I really, I, I really love that about this season is like you said, she has these moments where she kind of evaluates her actions and evaluates her ways of thinking, acknowledges that, like you said, that she she might not be correct in, in her ways of doing. And it just creates this, I don't know, it's almost like a balance of it's not, you're not just seeing somebody do something wrong. You're seeing somebody do something wrong and have like somewhat of a moral compass about it, or at least like a consciousness about it, which is really fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, just uh, going back a little bit to basing things on reality, incorporating parts of reality into, you know, each season, I'd love to kind of toss the mic back over to you and ask with this season three, um, and feel for, honestly, at this point, feel free to spoil whatever you want. <laughs> <Maybe I'll, laughs> um, I, I was going to say like, but at this point, like it, it's been out in the open and people, you know, should have seen it or they can begin to watch it. Um, but this season itself, has there been something that in the research that was done for it and in telling the story this season, was there something that you learned that was surprising for you, whether about like these historical events or uh, these characters, if you will, these real these real individuals? Um, not specifically, I don't think, no. Uh, because we do deviate so much, uh, we tend to borrow a little bit from other characters of history and give those traits or events or experiences to our characters. You know, so Elizabeth, for instance, is, you know, borrows from other historical figures, you know, or other sort of other politicians, essentially, in a way. Um, She's the most canny, you know, whereas, you know, in art she does the same a little bit as well. Uh, not there's nothing because the the truthful events in in this season more are more about her and the Nikaz and her attempts to sort of codify Russian um, laws and things like that and bringing about divorce. She did you know all of those sort of yeah. things, but um, not it's not because I don't think it's the I don't think it's the events of the season 
that uh, affect me so much as how effective they are in in dramatizing an idea. I suppose mm. when we get that right, I, I've, that's when I get a real buzz out of it because you just ah, oh, we've got that idea across that people understand that now, and it's used um, a real event or a um, an aspect of a real event, right. And, and, you know, you've spoken a lot about, uh, you know, this being a character-driven show and, and the importance, the significance of characters, but particularly actors, right, and telling a story. So from your perspective and your, you know, history working on this show, how has that experience been? Maybe from, take us back, if you will, to, you know, that first season and, and well, before, you know, season one was even a season one, and you're trying to put this story together and you're trying to think, you know trying to go through casting and all those things how um I guess how was that experience for you kind of stepping into this project and really trying to bring these characters uh to life and like the significance of that the the two most difficult things of telling any story on the screen is development and casting if you get the script right and you get the casting right it's pretty hard not to get it right um, and we spent obviously a long time on this script. I mean, it was, yeah, a long time. Uh, so that first episode and the first season came together relatively quickly script wise because of that long development and long nurturing period. I mean, we'd looked at that script so many different ways. We'd restructured in lots of different ways. We considered the characters in lots of different ways. Some of those characters were in the original play. Some of them weren't. So there's there was a lot of time on that. We spent a very very long time casting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, Tony, but because of Tony's theatre background, but also because of the nature of the material, we were we favoured people with theatrical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so and of course this country is full of those kinds of actors. You know they're not their faces aren't so familiar on the screen, but they're very familiar on the stage. And they've got they bring that that experience and that understanding to this show, and that is part of the reason why that ensemble works so well, I think. But we did spend a very long time. There were certain characters in particular that we went backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards on, and we just couldn't. There were, because there are so many great options, and it was really just: is it this character or is it that character? Is it is it this character as? as created by this actor or is it this character created by this actor? And, you know, it's 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 a punt at one point because you don't know, but it, you're absolutely right. It's very much about is this right for our show, for this ensemble, for this tone, is it going to deliver that, that what we need? And we were incredibly lucky with Nick and Elle because they just got it straight up. So they were kind of the anchors for the show. And then it was about building that ensemble around them and making sure that there was that tonal, the consistency of of delivery and performance and 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 um talent, really. Yeah. Um so it was that was critical. That was absolutely critical. And then it becomes about as much as anything, it becomes about the editing room. Mm-hmm. Because once you have that material, as you probably know from your documentary experience, that's when you discover the story you're actually telling. Mm-hmm. You, 
Don't I know it, Marion? <laughs> what you've written on the page, what you thought you were shooting, and then what you actually end up with in the editing room are, are often three completely different things. But in the editing room, you do discover the show that you've made, mm-hmm. which is why I, I, it's so interesting and so terrifying. It is, yeah. and I, I learned that firsthand, but that's, I think, the best way to learn it, right, when you're thrown into something. And um, I, I think, too, with uh, hearing you talk about casting, and I, I went through a similar thing with documentary because it was my film was interview focused so it was um broken up into chapters and each chapter was about uh you know a different woman in their uh journey with motherhood and pregnancy and, and birth and what have you and it was like you had to make sure that they were right it was a lot of vetting if you will speaking doing a lot of it, for me it was hard because it was sort of during the pandemic so it was a lot of zoom interviews oh, and or not helpful. interviews even but just conversations mm-hmm. and sure. um I really I was really firm and who I wanted to like bring on to the project. I really believed in their story. Um, but it's, it's a very hard thing to do. And I think too, when looking at, you know, like you brought up editing and, and just the different roles within, within filmmaking, I think right now when, you know, you look at what's going on in the States and, you know, the writer's strike and I, I don't, like I don't want to make the generalization because I know like a lot of people really have a love and appreciation for, you know, film, filmmaking and television and, um, you know, production. But I, I can't help but wonder like if there's people out there that don't really understand the intricacies of like what really goes on, um, you know, behind, I think the world is streaming the way uh, it's made media so consumable for us we just kind of throw it on I mean I came from a background my undergrad degree was in journalism and look at how I just I myself I go on Twitter and I'm just like oh there's okay a headline I know what's going on in the world it's made it so easy to I think when you when you consume things so easily um without a thought it's really easy to um and I'm saying this because I fall victim to it too it's really easy to um you know forget all the time and effort that goes into just the littlest of things. Um, And I just think looking at this show, uh, there's so many different, you know, facets of it with whether you look at the, um, you know, production design, the costuming, fabulous, the music that goes into it. I really love like the incorporation of you have this period piece, but you incorporate all this really wonderful. Oh, I I, I don't want to spoil it, but just the ending scene of this season was so fun. Oh, did um, you love Good, 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 good. good. We, I, worked very, we worked very hard on that. That was very, that was interesting because we originally were going to use a piece of score. Um, our composer, Nate Barr, was going to do us, Nathan Barr was going to do us a, a, a piece and then we were doing the rehearsal uh, with the choreographer Polly and Elle. They, um, Elle bought some music just to play around with. Mm-hmm. She bought that track. And we Loved were listening it. to it in the rehearsal going, you know, <laughs> I wonder if we used that, what it would be like. So it was, it, yeah. It was for- a very organic thing. That was a very organic thing. It was really wonderful and it felt almost like, um, almost like a monologue, right? Without any words, because it was just, I, I love that the camera, um, without spoiling anything, but the camera just kind of staying on her and you just, you just kind of watch it. <laughs> I kept wondering like, Ooh, is this going to go on? Ooh, it's going on. And it just kept happening. And it was so fun. And it just felt like this, like catharsis, um, you know, from her end and her character and what all she had been through that season. It was so fun to watch. Oh, and good. Good, 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 good. But yeah, so all those, my point is like all those little choices, right? There's so much intention behind that. And um, I, I think 
what I really loved is uh, this podcast. What I really love about doing it is that I've been able to, you know, speak to, I mean, a, a wide variety of professions, but specifically within film and TV, I talk about it a lot. Everybody knows I like it because I, I bring on a lot of <laughs> wonderful people from the industry. And uh -huh. I love bringing on, I mean, I've had on, you know, actors, writers, um, executive producers like yourself. And I really enjoy it because I love, at least for me, it's a learning experience, but I also hope for others, it's a learning experience too, to see what all goes on behind the scenes, you know? <laughs> We like to we like to tell you what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's and true. for sure. And and so one of my final um you know questions for you in regards to the the season, um is you know each season we talked earlier about COVID happening right I think around seasons one and two definitely. Um, so season two was the COVID. Season mm -hmm. two, yeah. So I'd love to know. I'm sure every every project you do, right? You you take something away from, um, you learn something new. Um, and I'm sure each season has been sort of like a different chapter of your life. And I'd love to know, working on this third season, what have you taken away from it? Whether it be, what have you, what surprised you maybe about yourself and, and the way you work? Um, maybe it's something you've learned about, you know, the, the sort of process of, you know, producing a, a television series. Um, I, I'd love to know just, I guess, like what have been your your takeaways from this season? From this season? I think that what we wanted to do in this season very consciously was change the way we structured the narrative. So to do things slightly differently because the television television shows, and I'm sure it's not, it's not, um, it's not unique just to us. They change, they sort of fall into a pattern. You know, you tell the story while you introduce the character, you present the dilemma in this particular way, you resolve the dilemma in this way, and you and you so in our case, we would tend to start more comedic and then end more with more and more dramatic. And that tended to be the sort of structure that amongst a number of other things was the way the episodes tended to to fall. So we were very conscious of what we wanted to do was to to play around with that a little bit and try and tell stories in different ways and approach the story in a different way so I would, whether that would mean starting more dramatic starting more dramatic have the comedy in a different way in a different point break it up into three parts which we did with episode 8 for instance um so we were very much engaged and that was incredibly the thing that's really interesting about doing this television show and I'm sure it's true of other television shows as well but this is my first television show and I'd never got the experience of taking a character and uh, across 30 hours mm -hmm. so you know in a feature film you've got an hour and a half two hours and it's got a beginning a middle and an end and you need to resolve that character or not resolve that character depending on what your narrative choices are within that hour and a half in this we get to we get to take her or take them anywhere we like across an enormous amount of time. So suddenly your whole storytelling, um, you know, engagement has just changed. You're making. So I think over the three, three seasons, that's been the greatest revelation to me is that is the joy and the pleasure and the engagement in that mm -hmm. of taking these characters and expanding them. And also, you know, because you also get within that, where we started thematically in one and where we are thematically in three is broadly 
broadly speaking what we intended, but it's not as well. It's quite different. It's much more nuanced. We know we know how to play with these characters in a way that we didn't use to. We know how to, yeah, we know how to make the show in a way that's more um, more interesting, I suppose, in a sense for and you know more. I suppose just more nuanced and more more complex, but also delivers its story in a more effective way. It's yeah, it's been a very very engaging experience. That that's been great. So now you can make part two of your documentary and do, oh. and do the child. <laughs> Believe me, people have already said like, oh, there's so much more you can do with this, and I'm like, yep, it's it's in the back burner. It's in the back burner. I actually, yeah. um, I think that's what's really great about, um, and sort of like you said, I think with um, television, especially, I I feel like we are continuously seeing with television people kind of pushing the bounds regarding the the way in which we tell a story, right? Whether it be episodic, whether it be, I mean, my goodness, there's some series where it, it, it's just really interesting how you can really weave a story. And and for myself, I think when I was doing my doc, like I, I broke it off into chapters because I just thought like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's something that like really inspired me and I, I was, you know, moved to do it. So I thought, why not? And then it's cool to see once you fin- finish a project, um, you know, what you can do with the the next bit of it. And yeah, so to your point, it's like you're already thinking, oh, like the gears are turning. Um, but I think with with television, it's really interesting. I, I can imagine like hearing your sort of perspective of working with film and how you tell a story within film and then versus how you tell it, you know, episodically, but also how you can, you know, do a story within a story and just have it kind of weave throughout. Um, I, I could imagine that's really neat. Uh, and I guess with all that said, so like I said, you know, the, the series is absolutely brilliant. Um, third season, I'm not sure what you could share about a season four. <laughs> we, well, we don't even know that we have a season four yet, so we okay. haven't heard about that. But um, we would like to do a season four. We can't really say anything more than that. Yeah, fair, fair we enough. Think we think there's one more season. Is actually what we think, and then okay. we can go from there. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I will patiently wait. I hope <laughs> because, like, I hope not. I hope that there is, you know, it continues because I can't take like more heartbreak right now. I feel like every show around me. I just finished the last season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, which I'm a big fan of. Ted Lasso is apparently. We're still not sure if it's officially ending or not. There's just so many shows I love that are. <laughs> seeming to be ending right now Succession. there will be more joy there will be more joy there'll be more joy yes. and another season will come along or something else a new show mm-hmm. oh that and that's the I think that's the wonderful thing is you know content keeps coming <laughs> um it, it's I I think really great to see like what else continues um but I guess with that said what is sort of next for you whether it be like professionally whether it just be personally like what's what's going um, on on your end we're, we're Tony and I are talking about another show which we're talking to some people about which would be a nice thing to do which would be is delightful because it's period not period it's contemporary okay. which would be there's no wigs and no corsets just sounds like heaven to me um and I'm also just putting the finance together on a small independent film out of Australia with a uh, a young filmmaker who's who won the Palm Door for his short film a couple of years ago. So this will be his first feature, which is a very different experience. That's a very different experience. That's fun you know, though. The, 
Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. I'd forgotten, you know, it's a great, great project. It's really, he's a beautiful and very talented individual. So I'm very optimistic, but putting money together on small independent films is not, not a, not a picnic. So I'm doing <laughs> that and I'm doing a, a couple more TV shows in Australia uh, as well. Uh, so yeah. Wonderful. Keeping well, busy. good. That's good. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see what all you continue to do. And next time, you know, you have a project to promote, like you are welcome back. I'd love to chat about it because it sounds like you're <laughs> going to be doing some different stuff too. And I think that'd be fun yeah. to, you know, yeah, chat about as well. I, I've been cool. sort of talking about it this season, sort of all about, um, I, I feel like change and sort of evolution because I have gone through, oof, haven't I gone through a bunch of change? The I was just started off the call saying, yep, I'm moving, Marianne. I have a lot going on. I um, So I'm going through a lot of growth and development myself. And I think it's really cool to see, you know, others and their careers, how they're growing. And, um, you know, because no one really stays stagnant. Uh, even if you think, oh, I've been in, you know, this job for years and years. and But no, every year is different. You're learning, continuously learning, hopefully. I mean, but I think everybody is. I think that's part of what's so engaging about the the screen business is that, yes, there's a sort of pattern to the things that you have to do in order to make them happen, but they're all different. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the one of the down one of the downsides of that I always think is that you know, you go through a terrible problem and you have to make a tough decision and you you just have to make it and you have to live with the outcome of it. And the terrible terrible thing is you never get to learn from that experience again because that set of circumstances will never happen again. Mm-hmm. But, you've, you know, so it's it, I always find that kind of poignant about the business. But it is also what keeps it interesting and engaging, and that's a lot. That's a lot in a job. That's a lot in a job. It's like, what more can we ask for from our work? Exactly right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this has been, it, yeah, yeah, it's been such a joy. And I always like to conclude by asking, with this being handling it, has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've picked up throughout your work, your career, that's really helped you handle your life? I think, you know, it, it probably sounds like a cliche a, a, a little, which is that if you think something, say something. So if you're, you know, if you, I think it's very easy to sort of look at something and go, oh, it seems, I don't think that's quite right. But you just feel like you don't have the authority or the position or whatever to say something. But whether that's creative or whether that's a strategy or a tactic or whatever it might be, I always think it's say what's in your heart, because even if it's not right or it doesn't, no one cares, at least you've felt like you've said the right thing. You've Mm -hmm. said the thing that's true to you. Yes. I think that's very important. And it's, I think it's always good to, you know, get, whether it be an idea, a thought, um, anything, maybe a frustration, like to get something off your chest and um, like to be, to be firm in your convictions and, and to, you know, let your ideas out there. And like you said, maybe they won't stick, maybe they won't stick the landing, but um, at least you, that's, I'm a big believer in my favorite piece of advice is the worst thing somebody can say to you is no, whether it be asking for an opportunity um, you know, putting an opportunity yours yeah. out there, you know, never hurts just, to ask, never, never hurts, hurts to, to ask. So I love that and advice. In fact, and in fact, in filmmaking, ter- in film financing terms, it never hurts to ask twice. Yes. Said no <laughs> once doesn't mean they'll say no the second time. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, <laughs> that's, that's as well. <laughs> wonderful advice. Uh, wonderful advice to end on, um, you know, for filmmakers, for people in, in production or not, I think it's just like always good to, you ask. know, to put yourself, put your ideas, ask. Yeah put it all out there but thank you so much for coming on it's been a real pleasure my pleasure thank you very much 
All right, guys, I absolutely loved chatting with Marion. I so enjoyed hearing about her career and the advice she had to offer, and I hope you did too. Be sure to check out The Great on Hulu if you haven't already and catch up on their third season. Thank you to Marion so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now, and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.